Here comes the Wizard of Gore. And who is the Wizard of Gore? Ray Sager, who alternated, as I may have told you elsewhere, between working on the crew and playing tough kid roles, inherited the role of Montag the Magician. I had a partner in that movie who was an old-time filmmaker. In fact, his son was the American International Distributor in Washington, D.C. And this fellow was a friend of another ancient pioneer named Sam Arkoff, who ran American International. He was determined to be producer on this movie. Here we are, the very first scene we were going to shoot, which was in the lobby of a building on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. Studios, what are those? We shot wherever we could find a place to shoot. But he got into an argument with this actor who said, for what you guys are paying me, I ain't hanging around. Off he went and lurked in the doorway, expecting to be called back. Uh Uh-uh. Fred was my partner, even though he was wrong. He was my partner. So what are we going to do? We're ready to shoot. Here is Ray Sager lifting some cable. I said, Ray, you want to be the Wizard of Gore? Yeah, sure. This movie did well at the box office. Others have tried to match its success. Some misunderstood what the intentions were for the Wizard of Gore. It's a satire. We are dealing in a category that not only defies definition, we don't want it. We want people to have seen The Wizard of Gore and say, if nothing else, what was that? Let us once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinebus Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinebus Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film.
was absorbed in it. It is a driving force. You have to have it. I hate it so much that I've seen if it's done to become a person And I want to see it banned. I want to see it off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's amazing, but uh, I think parents have to really pay more attention to what these kids are listening to. to the 413th consecutive week that we have released Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that's super stoked to finally be back talking about a Herschel Gordon Lewis film that he enjoys and hoping that my fucking co-host, Matt, feels the same way. This is better than the last one. <laughs> that is not a high bar to pass. No, I mean, at least had a story. <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to lie. Wizard of Gore is um, kind of the one that I enjoy the most. I really enjoy watching this film. I have a blast with it. It's a lot of fun. I don't blame you. It seems really nice. I mean, I go to Blood Feast more often than not. I just love watching that one because of how inept and stupid it is, and I love to watch it. Um, this one feels like the best made of all of his gore flicks. It's certainly better than the Color Me Blood Red. That was pretty fucking awful. Uh, 2000 Maniacs, I could see where you would think is a better made film than this for sure. But I don't know. This one resonates with me better than 2000 Maniacs even. Huh. All right. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm still probably a 2000 Maniacs guy. Which is absolutely fine. There is nothing to say about all of the great things that happens in 2000 Maniacs. And it's just been so long since we've covered that one but there's just something about Wizard of Gore and I'm glad that I got to do the notes because maybe I can kind of sell you on the parts that, you know, why it, I really enjoy it. Maybe it's something that uh, you you overlooked or, or what have you. And I'm not saying that it's like the best fucking horror movie that's ever made, but it's certainly the one that I have enjoyed watching the most, again, out of all the gore flicks. So we'll see how I feel about next uh, two weeks in a row. And when we're pretty much done, we've only got like three weeks of Herschel Gordon Lewis left and this year and we're, we're done. It's over. Nice. Yeah. And then we're back into year nine from there jesus wept 
I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> well, what's going to happen now is we're going to wrap up the pablum that we're doing to open up the episode and get into this episode proper because this is an hour and 34 minutes of shit we got to talk about. And I got 17 fucking clips. That's why it took me so long to get prepped for the shows this week. Well, then let's get going. <laughs> all right. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we're going to play the Legion Patreon ad and immediately following. Um, all right. So I, uh, I basically just looked for songs that were about Wizard of Gore because I wanted to see if any existed. And I found three bands that have three songs that are called Wizard of Gore. One of those may or may not be a cover of one of the other ones. I don't know which came first. I just did this and threw it together haphazardly and what have you. And then I was just looking for songs that have something to do with gore. So that is the theme this week. It's either the title is Wizard of Gore or there is gore in the title. And I know fuck all about anything else having to do with these bands because I literally just found them and ripped them right off of YouTube. That's the pirate radio edit this week. It's literally pirated, and I have no fucking clue what it is. Of course. Up first is the band Hemorrhage with We Are the Gore. Right after this. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see it. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month. You get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room. hemorrhage i'm, I'm kind of into that i'll have to check out more of their shit that's for sure no kidding <laughs> holy fucking hell so let's stop talking about we are the gore and let's talk about the wizard of gore the first 20 minutes the film opens on credits and a shot of montag the magnificent taking the stage before the title pops up to tell us he is the wizard of gore there is dialogue and referenced by the 17 clips i've taken everything that is dialogue is a clip and this is our first one. Jesus. I 
he puts his head in a guillotine where the 1% should all end up and chops it off as more opening credits roll. <laughs> nice social More guillotine. Matches. I'm pro guillotine. 2023. <laughs> more bil- more billionaires just dying for whatever reason. I'm pro for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> then for no reason his headless body reaches forward and dumps the fake as hell head onto the stage and then the film does some swirl vision around a pot full of gut and more still frames of Montag spinning with the credits to pad out even more of this runtime. The film comes back to Montag, so there is more dialogue and our clip. Awakening the dead is beyond the scope of my meager powers. But the least I can do for you is make Isaac Newton quiver in his grave by defying his law of gravity. What goes up must come down. Perhaps, but not always. <laughs> Torture and terror have always fascinated mankind. Perhaps whatever made your predecessors see the sadism of the Inquisition and the gore of a gladiator's arena is the same thing that makes you stare at bloody highway accidents and thrill to the terror of death in the bullring. Today, 
television and films give you the luxury of observing grisly dismemberments and deaths without anyone actually being harmed. But ladies and gentlemen, have you ever seen the sight of human butchery in person? Well, tonight, on this stage, you will have the privilege of seeing such a sight. For tonight, I, Montag, will saw a living woman in half. <laughs> Old hat, you think? A tired trick. Well, skeptical ladies, which one of you will volunteer for this harmless stunt? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, who is gonna harmless stunt? With this harmless stunt. <laughs> with this, Montag wills some woman to come up out of the audience and has folks place her on a table. He secures her arms above her head and claps as someone brings him an electric chainsaw, which he parades around with over and over again, demonstrating that it works. And fuck, there's more dialogue. I don't want to type anymore. That's our next clip. This is the way. You were expecting a mere handsaw and a covered wooden casket? Oh no, that's the old-fashioned way of sawing people in half. Today, magicians are mechanized too, and nothing will be concealed from your view. During the clip, he demonstrates that the saw is real and then proceeds to saw the woman in half with blood and guts shooting out everywhere as he does it. He then pulls the guts and gore out of the sawed up wound and somehow with the wave of his hands makes all of the gore disappear with a jump cut and the woman is perfectly fine there is no blood on him whatsoever the crowd cheers and it fades to black then fades into a restaurant where the young woman who was sawed in two goes to take a seat looking dead behind the eyes she sits for a small amount of time and another woman walks past her takes a quick look and screams as the mutilations are back and the lady is now dead for real cut from this to more dialogue and our next clip I still say that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Look, it was a good show, and that's all. Jack, why must you always be so jaded? You saw him cut her in half, didn't you? Weren't you even the least bit impressed? Sure I was impressed. By his staging, look, the guy is no magician. He's just a hell of a technician. The mirrors, the lights, probably a ringer in the audience. He had the whole thing set up beautifully. Of course, it was a trick. If it was all that easy, a light and a few mirrors, like you say, why hasn't anyone else done it before? How do you know someone hasn't? When's the last time you've seen a magician? You know, sometimes you make things sound as exciting as a shoelace factory. Hey, let's think about those Mets today. Six uh, to four, that's my team. Everything except sports, that is. You know, I'm really hurt by that. What kind of relationship are we going to have if you don't take an interest in my work? Look, I was raised in a house with four brothers, a tomboy sister, and a dad who bet on basketball games. The only reason why I left home was to get away from the game of the week. So, in a city full of interior decorators, you had a fall in love with a sports writer. That's your tough luck. 
about? I don't know. Maybe a holdup. Looks like someone got hurt. Wait a minute. I got an idea. Press. Press. Let us through, please. Press. Press. Officer. Officer, let us through, please. Press. Press. told me, as mothers have been known to do since the beginning of time, that if I didn't have anything nice to say, I should keep my precious little trap shut. Well, if you watch this program regularly, with the glut of cheap exploitation films and the lack of talent on and off Broadway, that's a practice that I find increasingly difficult to follow in the theater and review portion of this program. <laughs> Sarcastic broad you've got there, Jack. That's my girl. Dear old mom that I'm abandoning stage and screen today to bring you a much more exotic bit of entertainment billed as Montag the Great. Your eyes see, but your mind won't believe. In case you haven't guessed, Montag's the magician. Well, the other night I took in Montag's show expecting nothing more than a nostalgic reminder of the tuxedoed Spengalis that filled my childhood with disappearing rabbits and Levitating volunteers, and yes, women saw it in half before your very eyes. Montag provided me with more than I had bargained for. He did indeed saw a member of the audience in half, only he used an electric saw that could have tumbled a redwood and did it out in the open where the entire audience could watch the blade pass through the woman's body. It put me in a state of fright such as I haven't experienced since the wolfman had me quivering under the seats of the old bijou in Kansas City, a state from which I could not revive until the woman arose in one piece and took her bow. We'll try and get Montag here on this show and see if we can't worm some of his dark secrets out of him. But don't wait. See his act just as soon as you can. That's our show for today, girls. Join us tomorrow when we'll be talking to female liberation leader Alice Dedman. I'm Sherry Carson, and this has been Housewife's Coffee Break. Mr. Montag, I'm Sherry Carson. Sherry Carson, I have a daytime talk television show. I'd like to have you on my show. Do you mind if I come in? I don't give interviews. Wouldn't you like to have a seat? No, thank you. I told you, I do not grant interviews. Look, Mr. Montag, I saw your show last night, and I thought you were absolutely fabulous. 
I gave you a rave plug on my television show today. Look, with the exposure of 15 minutes on the air, you wouldn't have an empty seat in the audience for a month. I appreciate your plug, as you say, but I'm afraid a personal appearance would be impossible. I can't guarantee you this, but there may be a chance I could get you on our network's national nighttime show, if you cooperate, of course. No. Is that all, Miss Carson? I'm sorry I bothered you. You probably have some magic hocus-pocus for selling tickets anyway. Goodbye. Perhaps I have been too hasty in rejecting your proposal. And perhaps you have been too hasty in your evaluation of my meager talents. Why not come back and see the performance tonight? There will be tickets awaiting you at the box office for you and a companion. Tonight, you will see a new illusion. And then, if you feel the same way, perhaps we will work out some kind of arrangement. Why, thank you, Mr. Montag. I certainly will be there tonight. And I am so, so sorry for being so... No, I found you perfectly charming. Good day. Good day. I'll see you tonight. Ah, oh, that was a long fucking clip. Everybody's still awake after that. Hey, wait, are we still doing a show? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that also is the end. I thought I was listening to the weirdest podcast ever. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's also the end of the first 20 minutes. All right, there you go. Well, uh, some gruesome shit, at least, to start out the show. Yeah, I think he just went whole hog and quite literally because this looks like animal guts. That is a lot of the severed bit and then yeah. some of the fake blood. Uh, he just went full force on it and uh, the guts look really, really good and they're super fucking gross. And the disorienting way in which the stuff is shot where uh, it's flashing back and forth where, you know, is it just an illusion or is it actually the real blood and guts is everywhere? You know, how is he controlling this? When is When are the people actually actually killed is this all in their mind or like are they actually seeing him kill somebody and then he hypnotizes them into thinking that she gets back up and everything's fine and then the body gets dumped elsewhere like what exactly is going on and what is the nature of the reality in this film that's the parts that really intrigue me about this this first 20 minutes really sets that up well too like, it really does yeah you have no fucking clue what's going on here and this is the most weird trippy surrealistic type of thing that hg lewis has ever done it's like all the weird uh warped reality stuff of something weird mixed in with uh, him taking another swipe at Blood Feast. It's very clearly Montag, the magician, is just a ma magical version of Fuad, like mutilating people for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it works for he me. He hates Blood Feast. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. It really does. It's it's fun the way that they set it up and not really being able to draw a beat on what the nature of actual reality is uh, makes it feel less gross thinking that he actually is killing the women. And the setup is great. And the first set of kills is really gruesome. The biggest problem is that fucking head whenever they cut his head off towards the beginning of the film is really fake. And that's a little bit of a hill to get over. But once you do, it sets up the idea that well maybe that's part of his show as well and he's pulling the Alice Cooper where they chop off his head and then Alice comes shows up later holding his own head that was severed you know what I mean good times 
Yeah, I mean, everyone's having a good time with that. Yeah, it's that same kind of stage show thing. So maybe that's part of what his routine is um, before he's actually, quote unquote, murdering these women. But is he or, you know, does he have the ability to control people with his mind? Because it seems like when he wants to, he got his whole audience under his sway and they'll do whatever he wants or believe whatever he wants. Like he's a giant mesmerist. I mean, yeah. the film doesn't really let you draw a beat on any of this stuff and it hints at all of it pretty heavily. And I like that because you just don't know, but there's like so many possibilities as to how he's able to do the things that he's doing. Yeah, it's good shit though. I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> this, this movie, I watched this second. It was a good palate cleanser from... Uh, <laughs> From the other one I was dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. From How to Make a Doll. All right, we got a lot more to talk about, so let's move into let's, the next let's one. Let's get it going. All right, so the second 20 starts with Montag in a red hellscape scene that looks like a fucking nightmare. As a coffin gets raised out of the ground slowly and in real time on screen, Montag gestures at the coffin more and it rocks back and forth as the lid comes off and a woman is inside said coffin. We now see Montag carrying her body out of the cemetery and towards a mausoleum. It cuts from this to our next clip. Oh, we saw him last night. Sherry, Sherry, I, no, no, I don't care if the tickets are free. No, look, 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 baby, of course not. I don't want to stand in the way of your career. No, no, I am not jealous. Of course not. Look, 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 are you sure he said it's going to be a different show? All right. All right, I'll pick you up in 40 minutes. Goodbye. What goes up must come down, perhaps, but not always. Kill you for this. I'm sorry. Torture and terror have always fascinated mankind. Perhaps whatever drove your predecessors to the sadism of the Inquisition and the gore of a gladiator's arena is the same thing that compels you to stare at bloody highway accidents and thrill to death in the boring. Today, television and films give us the luxury of watching grisly dismemberments and deaths without anyone ever getting harm. But ladies and gentlemen, have you ever had the fine luxury of observing the spectacle of human butchery in person! Well, tonight, on this stage, I will give you this opportunity. For tonight, I, Montag, will drive a spike through the brain of a female volunteer from this audience. Which one of you will volunteer for this harmless stunt? Come now, 
my skeptical friends. A moment ago, you were tired of my old tricks. Don't tell me you're afraid of me now. Isn't there one lady among you who is considerate enough to satisfy her fellow human beings lust for blood? <laughs> oh, God, I just love how over the top he is. He is definitely the best actor in this film, but that's not really saying much. No, but yeah, I just like he enunciates everything. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, he's so clearly understandable and it's wonderful. Um, yeah. With this, Montag coaxes a woman out of the audience and locks her up in his mutilator table and then states he was going to drive a metal spike again, then demonstrates the spike is real by having someone come up and have a look at the spike. Fuck it. More dialogue went back. Next clip. Did I say that I would drive a solid metal spike into this woman's brain? Would a gentleman from the audience kindly come up here and inspect this object? I'll do it. It is solid metal, isn't it? It appears to be. You will notice that it is sharpened on the end to enable it to pierce the subject's skull. Will you now take this hammer and pound the spike into the wood, thereby proving that it is surely metal? Are you now convinced? It is. Thank you. You may return to your seat. Now we are ready. Uh, this zany wacky mutilating movie uh this clip ends with the spike <laughs> the clip ends with the spike driven into the woman's skull and then tons of gore spills out and the ben montag indulges in this and then there is just a loop of the spike going in again and again with a dummy head and more gore and then for no reason montag pops out both of the woman's eyes <laughs> oh man that, that that got me i was like oh. yeah i knew that was gonna get you after spiking her fucking head once again and then all of a sudden with a quick edit it is just the spike in her head and she is bleeding and then it cuts to the spike being removed and all the blood and gore is gone and the woman is fine other than still acting like a walking zombie of course the crowd cheers and she takes her seat with the dude she was shoved up by and the crowd continues to cheer and then eventually files out of the room the reporter takes her dude backstage and that is our next clip maybe he'll tell us how he did it Montag, I'd like you to meet my fiance, Jack Ward. Jack Montag, again. Ah, Miss Carson, and the helpful young man from the audience. Won't you come in and have a seat? Certainly, thank you. Well, did you enjoy tonight's performance as much as last night's? Oh, we certainly did, but mm. I, I don't suppose there's any way we can get you to tell us your secrets? Secrets? <laughs> Why, it's nothing more than a illusion. Why, what you think you've seen me do, you know never could have happened. So what more could they be but mere simple 
harmless illusions. I'm afraid your illusions may not be as harmless as you think. What do you mean? You know that woman you pretended to saw in half last night? Some nut must have followed her after the show to a restaurant and done the trick for real. They found her body in a booth. Cut in two pieces. Oh, how awful. How do you know? I saw it in the paper just as I was leaving the apartment. I recognized her photo. It was her body that we ran into last night. Very unfortunate. You can't blame Montag. The killer could have been watching a Western on television and gone out and killed someone. Nevertheless, I feel very guilty. Ah, she's right. All the psychotics on the street aren't your fault. They're probably more likely to go on a rampage after a typical television show than after one of your performances. It was just one in a million. Well, Montag, have you reconsidered being on my show? Yes, I have reconsidered, but I'm sorry to say I must still refuse to be interviewed. However, I will agree to perform an illusion, a very special illusion, if I can have the technical facilities necessary to do it. Anything, anything you want. Would Friday's program be all right? I think so. And now, if... Uh, you allow me, I must ask you to leave. You see, these performances do leave me quite exhausted. And uh, despite your delightful company, I find it difficult suppressing my yawns. Oh, I would like you to come to tomorrow's performance, too. For tomorrow, I promise you a new and different illusion. We would miss it for the world. Excellent. Your tickets will be waiting for you at the box office. Good night. It was a pleasure. Good night. Don't be such a lousy sport. It won't kill you to spend one more night in the theater. No, but if I did go, which I have no intention of doing, by the way, I might kill you. Look, how many basketball, football, baseball, hockey games have I sat through for you? If you hate them so much, then how come you always beg to be with me when the games are sold? Oh, yeah? Did I beg to see that intercollegiate wrestling tournament? And yuck, I never smelled anything so terrible. Then how come you were drooling at those almost naked male bodies? Well, it was just kind of nice to see one that was in good shape for a change. Well, I just hope you like Montag's body, because tomorrow night, it's going to be you and Montag all alone. Oh, come on, Jack. Don't be so pig-headed. You heard what he said. If we don't show up for his show, we're going to offend him, and he's not going to show up for my show. Not tonight. But tomorrow night, you're invited up. Late dinner after the show, and we'll see what develops. That is the end of the first 40 minutes. I mean, again, we're coming off of the most, you know, fucking the doll movie. So, I mean, 
this doesn't seem as exasperating or as tiring or as sad. I really kind of like their love story, too. They're kind of this cute, like, argue-talk type couple where they love to just get on each other's nerves and just irritate each other, but it's like their love language is just to pick on each other. You know, it, it never really feels all that uh, gross or what have you, or it doesn't feel one-sided where one's always bullying the other. They just kind of irritate each other for fun and have this really quippy back and forth towards each other. It's kind of cute, and it, it is actually endearing. And having them be your investigators, you know, is actually kind of entertaining as well because they're a happy couple and, you know, they're doing this together. But at the same time, they have their little quirks, too, where he's big into sports and bored by all the stuff that she's into. And she's trying to find culture or something to talk about along those lines, which he wants nothing to do with. Yet, you know, they work it out in bed, I guess is how it is. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I enjoy this for them being the investigators. Neither one of them is irritating. We don't have anybody like the mom from <laughs> How to Make a Doll being super irritating, who was also super irritating as the mom from uh, Gruesome Twosome and one of the killers, you know. Uh, none of the characters are really that over the top, except for uh, her dude. He is such a bad actor that it's hard to watch him. That sequence that he was on the phone, you'll hear me in outtakes laughing at his ass. Yeah, I heard you. I was like, ah, listen to him go. <laughs> yeah. The guy was, he's bad. And there's another scene that is my absolute favorite clip from this movie of all time uh, that got used in something weird videos like promos and stuff. And then also, I think, Badass's Boobs and body counts used it in their like sort of theme song for their show for a while too that's coming up here towards the back half of the film but i just wanted to point that out that uh, that's another little layer of something that helps me enjoy wizard of gore so much well yeah uh, that's that's nice then <laughs> all right should we just keep moving on then let's let's keep moving on i think we've kind of said everything <laughs> all right the next 20 starts with the reporter chick having a total out damn spot out moment as the blood reappears on her hand and the film cuts to a montage of newspapers being printed about the second brutal slaying to show up and the reporter lady's dude makes a phone call and that is our next part hi greg this is jack did you cover that sibling murder last night? Well, who did? Okay, could you put him on the phone? Oh, and Greg? Greg, listen, any good photos of that woman? None you could use, huh? That's bad, huh? Well, all right, put Steve on the phone. Oh, and Greg? Greg, listen, bring those police photos to lunch. I don't have much of an appetite anyway. All right. Hello, Steve. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, her skull was pierced through the ears. There was a lot of internal bleeding. Her face was a black and blue bloody mess. Worst Halloween mask I've ever seen. Well, Greg will show you the pictures. Yeah, they identified her right away. Yeah, they're contacting her family now. There should be a good photo soon. Yeah, take care. Yeah, bye. After this, we see Montag in a morgue. The attendant confronts him, and Montag puts a curse on him or some shit that freezes him still, and Montag has a look at some corpses and carries off the lady's corpse to take her back to that hellscape cemetery in red and that mausoleum. The film cuts from this to the reporter lady's dude having some grub at a diner, and that leads to our next clip. I told you. Why don't you go back to the polo matches and let us cover the homicides? You know, that's fine with me. This stuff's nauseating. What are you, some kind of ghoul? Me, a ghoul? You're the one who wants to see pictures of human ravioli for dessert. 
What are you so interested in anyway? Remember Montag, the magician? The one that Sherry talked about on her show the other day? Yeah. Well, that woman he saw it in half, that's the same woman that they found cut in two in a restaurant later that night. You sure? It was her, all right. Sherry dragged me to see Montag again. She wants him on her show. Sibley? I don't know. It could be. And if it is? And if it is, that means there's a psycho out in the audience who gets turned on by Montag's tricks. And then he follows the subjects out of the theater to do the tricks for real. Or Montag himself. <laughs> now that would be what I call a thesis publicity stunt. But you know, it could be. Anyway, as soon as you get a good photograph of the Sibley gal, I'll be able to tell for sure if it's the same woman I saw up on the stage. I'll let you know the second it comes in. Uh. Nothing more I can do except that. Isn't there one lady among you considerate enough to satisfy your fellow human beings' lust for blood? And with this, another woman is pulled up on stage and more dialogue resumes, so that's our next clip. This handy little gadget is a punch press. It is used to stamp parts out of solid metal. Tonight, we've made one little modification for this performance. I'm afraid we had to add this stock to restrain the young lady from flinching when the punch press comes crashing down on her body. Will a gentleman from the audience kindly come up here and assist me? Does this feel like solid wood to you? Now let's prove it to the audience. Strike it. Now place it on the shelf of the machine. Thank you. You may sit down. Allow me to remove this pretty ornament. It would be such a shame to ruin it. Allow me to show you the area you will operate on. With that, we get another hole punched in someone with guts and gore dumped all over the place. As they do the cut back and forth of guts and then no guts, hole and then no hole, hole in stomach and then no hole in stomach. They go back and forth with this whole routine again and again. Plenty of real guts to sell it for sure. And there is tons of screen time with it being moved around for us to get really sick of seeing. This finally ends with Montag letting her up and shows everything is fine now and there are no guts everywhere montag that won't last (laughs) montag even makes a show of putting her medallion back on and gestures to her unharmed stomach to uproarious applause and approval the audience piles out and more dialogue in the next clip that's horrible jack do you really think that could be true if the photo shows the body they found was the same woman that had a thing put through her head by montag the other night I'd say it was damn good circumstantial evidence. If someone is killing the women that volunteered for the tricks, it couldn't possibly be Montag. How could he have followed the first woman to the restaurant when he was still on stage taking his bows? 
And we were both with him when they found the body of the second woman. Yeah, but the, the first woman could have been a ringer in the audience who Montag met at the restaurant. And we weren't with him more than 30 minutes the second night. But like I said, if someone is killing those women, it's probably someone out in the audience. Well, if what you say is true, what's going to happen to the woman that volunteers for the trick tonight? Won't the killer be after her? It was just a wild idea. I can't have some strange woman put under police surveillance on a weird hunch. They think I was the one that was nuts. Anyway, can you imagine a psycho chasing a woman down the street, pushing a punch press? No. <laughs> anyway, I didn't come here to play Scott in the yard. With that, dude puts his moves on her, kissing her, and then takes her back to the bedroom. And the film cuts away to the volunteer from the stamping act is found dead as shit in the bedroom of her home. And then it cuts back to the reporter and her dude throwing down in bed as they get a call but ignore it and take the phone off the hook to get the fucking on once again. And then we see that they are done fucking, so she puts the phone back on the hook and another call comes in again. Dialogue, you know how it's going next clip. Hello. Greg. It's for you. Yeah. Man, I've been trying to reach you all night. Finally get a good picture of that woman? Yeah, that may be old business. You saw a Montag show again tonight, didn't you? Yeah, only for the third time now. Yeah, what was his coup de grace tonight? Well, this time he punch-pressed a woman from head to foot, and as usual, she came through it in fine style. Why? All right, listen to this. A woman heard a man screaming in the apartment next to her. She ran in, and her neighbor, a Mr. Kowicki, was lying on the bedroom floor holding his wife's head. Now, the rest of her body was on the bed about five feet away. She looked like she'd been run over by a threshing machine. I'm at the 18th Street Station now. Yeah, look, the cops have a photo of Sibley and also the woman that was killed tonight. Now, you better get down here and have a look. Give me 15 minutes. Let me see that photo, will you? What the hell is going on? Another psycho murder. This time a woman completely mashed to a pulp. Remember Montag's trick tonight? Oh, God! I'm on my way to the police station to look at that Sibley photo and the photo of the other woman. Hey, where are you going? I'm going with you. Listen, I saw those women. I'm on look at the photos, too. All right, suit yourself. Yeah, that's the woman. I'm sure of it. I was just inches away from her on the stage. What about the other one? I'm sure that's the woman Montag had on the punch press. So where do we go from here? So where do we go from here? Have you told anyone else about the connection you made between Montag's shows and the murders? Well, just the people here. Oh, and Montag. So when did you talk to him? Last night, right after the show. That means if Montag is the killer, he would have had to run out after Miss Sibley right after you told him you suspected a connection between the previous trick and the restaurant killing. And he would have committed tonight's murder knowing you were in the audience. That doesn't seem very likely. Yeah, but there's nothing that's very rational about any of these murders. True enough, but let's figure it this way. No one knows we made a connection between the show and the killings. Other people in the audience may have made the same connection, but if we keep these photos out of the papers for a day, they can't know for sure. All we have to do is attend tonight's performance, keep the featured volunteer under surveillance after the show, if the uh, killer goes after her, we get him. If he doesn't try tonight, we try to get him tomorrow night. And if that doesn't work? We go back to old-fashioned police work. 
You know what gets me about this whole thing? What really bugs me is that we haven't been able to locate a single murder weapon in any of the killings. I mean, the slicing is one thing. I can even figure the skull cracking. But you just don't mash a body like the one we found tonight with a hand weapon you can hide in your pocket. It's as if all the weapons just disappeared, like magic. And that is the end of the full hour, and we will be barreling through to the very end of the film from here. So if there's anything that you'd like to add. No, there's really nothing. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the, the gore is the gore. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the story's pretty straight through, So, and there is a story. So I'll just take it. I'm going to take that as a win. <laughs> All right, we'll just barrel on through. So here's the final act of the film. Uh, the film cuts to Montag back at the morgue, and he opens up a cooler for the body of the woman who had all the holes punched in her and then carries it to the graveyard hailscape area that we saw earlier to dispose of it at the same mausoleum, I guess, but that's where he's taking it. And then we cut to the next Montag show and dialogue and our next clip. What could be safer than swallowing a sword? No mates. No DDT, no calories. An excellent way to get your iron. The only problem in swallowing a sword is that if you wiggle around too much while you're doing it, it may interfere with your digestive tract. Here we have the young lady. Desserts. Will a gentleman from the audience please come up here and prove that these swords are real? I will. And lethal. You must be stage struck. Come back here and take the sword. And with that in front of the audience, he shoves swords down one of the women's throats and there is blood and gore everywhere and screaming except when they cut away and then there is not. And then he moves on to the other volunteer as he murders her and then it cuts to where she is also fine and then a normal sword swallow as well with back to the murder and choking with blood spewing out and then it cuts to the women dead and 
and then to the audience and then it's back to the woman dead and then to the audience and then it's back to normal with them both fine and sword swallowed just right and then removed. Same routine, different mutilation this time, but it's the same thing that we were seeing before in that uh, the sword stuff gets pretty gruesome in the way that they film it and the way that they jump back and forth with the cutting and I can see where it could probably bother some folks, but I had fun with it. Yeah, no, it's... uh. It's grotesque. It, it got me. Uh, I had to look away sometimes. I don't, I don't do well with gore so much anymore. <laughs> the audience applauds again, and then people begin filing out of the room once again as Montauk takes his bowels. The police now follow both volunteers, and the dude tells the reporter lady they should wait at her place. Thus begins the slow speed pursuit of the volunteers in agonizing, slow as fuck, real-time nighttime driving that is so fucking padding. Mm-hmm. Lots of padding. The woman driving the car pulls up to a stop and semi crashes. Semi just doesn't start up again. When the cop in pursuit checks on her, she is dead as fuck. The other volunteer walked home apparently and was found dead shortly after getting in her door and cut from this to our next clip. Hello, Greg? For God's sakes, what's happened? Oh, that can't be. Wasn't someone following them? Greg, that's not possible. What in the hell's going on? Just a minute. Holland was following one of the women in a cab. Her car stopped at a red light. The light turned green. She didn't move. She didn't move at all. He found her dead. The inside of her body was completely ripped out. Kramer was staked out at the other woman's apartment. He hears a crash, goes in, finds her dead. The same way. Her insides were just all torn apart. Greg, who was in the car with that woman? Look, where are you now? Good. Okay, meet us at the police station. We're leaving right away. Goodbye. Come on, honey, let's go. I'm telling you, she was alone in that car. I saw her walk into the garage alone. I saw her drive away alone. I followed her for 20 minutes and she was alone. And I was 15 seconds behind her when she stopped. And she was still alone. But someone could have gotten into her car while you're waiting for her to leave the garage. And that same person could have killed Mrs. Ross and then jumped from the car just before you got to it. That's not very possible. Well, then you tell me, what is possible? What about the one you were watching? Could anyone have been in the room with her? Sure, there could have been someone waiting inside. Or they disappeared to. I was watching that front door from the minute she went in. And that, the back door was bolted from the inside. What about the windows? The only window that wasn't locked was the one with the air conditioner in it. And judging by the screws, that window hadn't been open in years. Look, you know, we appreciate your help in all this, but I'm getting a little tired of you playing detective. There's a lot of things you haven't even thought of. Things that we've been considering for a long time. We've gone over this thing 20 times. Some of the things, for example, is we're looking for two killers, not one. Two killers. And if someone had been waiting in that apartment for Miss Andrews, that person couldn't have been at the theater to see Montag's trick. And the person that was at the theater couldn't have got back in time. And another thing that you don't know, someone killed a morgue attendant today, trying to get at the woman that was killed last night. I'm sorry. It's just that everything that's happened is so impossible. Let's just say improbable. They did happen. In fact, that's almost all we know. 
Montag is scheduled to perform on your show tomorrow, isn't he? Yes, he's supposed to do some sort of a fire trick. But I guess that's out of the question now. Only if you want it to be. What do you mean by that? If Montag decides to do one of his specialties, who would be the logical volunteer? Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute, Jack. I guess I would. If you're willing, I'd like you to go through with this act. We'll be right by your side. You'll be on guard and never out of our sight till we catch a killer. Your protection didn't help those other two women. Well, now, he explained all that. They couldn't possibly have been with the other two both at the same time. I'll be all right. I'll do it. Thank you, Sherry. Well, I guess you're old enough to know what you're doing. Jack, everything will be all right. Everything will go just as we've planned. You'll see. Oh, please, Jack, what can go wrong? Nothing much. You can get killed, that's all. Someone's going to be with me all the time. Listen, believe me, I'm no hero. Too many things can go wrong. Like what? Just things. Well, just in case they do. And I cash in my chips and go to that big network in the sky. How about one for good luck? It's not funny. Where are you going, hon? I have to go to the studio now. I have to be there three hours before the show, you know. Just be careful. Oh, you bet. See you tonight. After she leaves him there, there is blood on his hand now, and he has his own out damn spot out moment at the bathroom sink. Anyway, there is more dialogue that crops up and our next clip. (laughs) The trick I'm about to perform will be the greatest illusion in my career. You know, I'm sure you've seen many magicians uh, performing clever tricks using volunteers from the audience. But uh, tell me, as you were watching them, how many times did you get the thought that those volunteers were actually henchmen of the magician, planted in the audience to dupe you? Well, today, I shall dispel any such skepticism. For today, I shall let every single member of this audience participate in a trick that will stagger the minds of our television viewers. Afterward, they still may not believe what they have witnessed. But you who are here will believe, for you will have lived through it. You will live through an experience that you now think no living creature can survive. But first, let us link our minds. If you can see and hear me, both here in the studio and in the viewing audience, concentrate, concentrate on putting your being into my mind and I will concentrate on putting my mind in your being. Look deeply at me. Let your eyes fly like spears from a distance, breaking down the barriers between us. Penetrate into my mind. That's some fucking trippy shit, man. Yeah, right? With this, everyone seems to be dripping with blood and somehow trapped in the spell of Montag's gore magic or some shit. The reporter lady's dude notices his friend is bleeding, and that leads to my favorite fucking clip and our penultimate clip. My God. Greg, 
Look at your hand. Our hands are bleeding. Greg, our hands are bleeding. Greg, 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 look at your hand. Greg, Greg, it's Montag. He's doing it. Montag, we've got to stop him. He's going to kill everyone. Steve, look at your hand. Steve, Steve. <laughs> at the end of the mini clip it is revealed that the viewing audience everywhere that can see the tv also have the bleeding and in a coma bit going on as well and this gets super creepy super fast with how powerful montag is here even children watching from home uh have power over them from him as well and that leads to our final clip miss carson mr harlan Mr. Kramer, let us now join hands and prepare for our journey into the inferno. everyone in the audience into the fire. He had everyone hypnotized. Somehow he was making everyone's hand bleed. They're not bleeding now. His power must have died with him. Well, it's all over now. glad everything's back to normal again, but there's so many unanswered questions. Jack, why weren't you hypnotized? Well, at all the performances we saw, no one ever volunteered for the tricks until Montag stared out into the audience. Didn't you feel funny when he did that? Well, when he started staring on that television screen, I just refused to look at him. Lucky for everyone you did. But... How could he hypnotize hands into bleeding? How could he have killed all of those women after his tricks? What happened to all the stolen bodies? If he was planning to lead all of us into the fire, why did he die when you pushed him in? The, the whole thing's impossible. It, it couldn't have happened. Jack, what? What? Oh, my God. 
You fool! What makes you think you know what reality is? <laughs> Tell me the truths of what can or cannot be. Oh, no. You've been living in one long dream. But now, you're going to discover what the real world is! So as you heard, the hero dude got there just in time to save his lady and everyone else by shoving Montag into the fire in time. They converse at the end of the clip there over his corpse before cutting to the wrap-up bit at the very end, revealing Montag is somehow still alive and things are even worse than imagined as he starts ripping her guts out as well on camera and for the last little bit of Gru and Gore that we see. And then as we heard, she laughs at him and turns the tables and somehow now none of this ever happened because she turned the tables on him and went back and never reviewed him or was fascinated by him what fucking ever roll fucking i, I don't know this is where the yeah this is where the movie lost me roll fucking credits The idea was you couldn't tell the nature of reality, so you didn't know what was going on, and yada, 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 whatever, what have you. Um, because the nature of reality isn't what we think it is, she was in control of this the entire time, and... Uh, I guess I, I still... It, it lost me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it tried to overextend its metaphor just a little too much, but all the guts and grew and everything else that happens up to that point, I'm totally fine by it, and it's enough of this weird, trippy, what the fuck, I don't know what's happening, to where at the end of it I'm just like you know what maybe I don't know what's going on the whole way through the movie other than there's a lot of death maybe I am 
part of the simulation. Maybe. It doesn't fucking matter. It's fun. And it was it's good stuff. It was a nice breath of fresh air. Uh, it's the most well put together, I think, of all the gore films. He really took his time. Even 2000 Maniacs had some moments where it just seemed like the give a fuck itis was not there. Um, this yeah. one, he seems like he really kind of took his time and tried to put this one together right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really did. I I enjoyed this a lot. Um, again, like I said, the end missed me a bit, but that is fine. Um, the gore was there, which groated me out a little bit. And I'm, I'm, you know, older I get, having a little more trouble handling watching gore, but it was still fun. Uh, there was at least a story uh, that that you could pay attention to. It was a great. I'm glad I watched them in the order I did. Because I'd be really miffed if I watched Dolls after this one. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is starting to be the end of his first run for his career. He came back and did one more movie and then like appeared in other people's movies and did a few things here and there before like fully, fully retiring. But uh, we are coming up to the end of the first run of films for a very long time where he went away with like for decades. It's not until wow. like the 20 aughts that he comes back and makes another film once we finish these up. And that's going to be the last film that we cover. That's going to be the last film of the year is the last film that Herschel Gordon Lewis made, which is Blood Feast 2 All You Can Eat. And uh, it's going to be a considerable drop in quality from what I remember. No, I mean, that's just how it happens sometimes. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely It'll be, fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's still fun. You'll still have a blast. Yeah. All right. Well, we're over an hour. We can uh, hit up a quick story time and call it a day. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. All right. So up next on the Pirate Radio Edit, the band Rigor Mortis with the song Wizard of Gore. And when we come back, we'll have a story time. rigor mortis with their song wizard of gore and again i don't know which one of these may or may not be a cover or if it's three separate songs written about wizard of gore or if they just use the same title who the fuck knows but that song was rocking i'm enjoying it who doesn't love gore Woo! i don't know but maybe we'll figure out a way to cheer those folks up as well in our next story time freshman year of college the university got like a, a magician for uh the group uh for like anybody could go and i was bored so i decided i was gonna go now we are coming up probably right on midterms and it's like the first kind of it's your first major hump in college really like the first time the stresses may really start to hit and i went to college in the middle of nowhere so 
a lot of kids there were kids from really small towns. And they may be kids who weren't used to this kind of pressure. Uh, so uh, when the the guy was doing his tricks, everything was going fine. Yeah, basic magician type stuff. Hey, you know, some of it was kind of impressive. Most of it was just, hey, you know, you see it all the time. But it's interesting to see it live. Well, then all of a sudden, this this young lady gets, I mean, she just starts, it starts as a slow boil, kind of just murmuring, and then it started to go, go, go. So she started getting, like, really angry, and she got really loud. And I don't know if she was drunk. I don't know if just the stress of everything finally broke her through midterms. But she started yelling that the, the guy was a witch. <laughs> And that what he was doing was an affront to God and Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And not. I mean, and she went on like he'll burn in hell. All of us watching this clapping for him will go to hell. Everyone's going to go to hell. I mean, she just was going crying. Uh, just, I mean, almost vomiting. She was crying so hard. Straight screaming. from school to college, basically. It seems that way. I was surprised she lasted a half a year then, if that was the case. You know, usually, you saw those kind because of, I'm not saying it was the first breakdown of somebody, especially where I went to college, because it it's surrounded by nothing but small towns and farm towns. So you you have all this, like you have that ability. And I saw breakdowns, uh, you know, that first, usually the first weekend we were there, you know, homes, kids who got homesick, kids, you know, all the kind of shit. This was different. <laughs> this, I, 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 she didn't seem drunk. Like or she wasn't slurring her words. I'm under the belief that uh, she probably took on a lot of classes, uh, front loaded, really too heavy. And she overworked herself into a shoot. And uh, so that's uh, that's what happened there. But yeah, I just had to laugh. It was the only time I ever seen a live magician show. And it was interrupted for 30 minutes by a young lady screaming uh, uh, about God and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oddly enough, I have a, another story of someone who was being a religious zealot in college. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? <laughs> okay, so um, I'm not going to name names. Uh, so All everybody right. that uh, may or may not be innocent uh, can remain innocent of this. But uh, this does involve me. I'm one of the assholes in this. Sort of. <laughs> Actually, I'm... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so I'm uh, walking back from a 7-Eleven with my friend who is... Uh, very goth uh, dressed very very goth and uh, we're on our way back to a party and I was needing something to keep me awake and keep me going because I'm not you know I, I, I like caffeine so I went and bought some Mountain Dew and I got you remember those old school like the big gulp ones that were like uh, the big bottles with the big open mouth of Mountain Dew that they used to get where it was a one liter oh yeah 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 okay so it was like those two and I'm like carrying one each from 7-Eleven's fridge back to where this party is happening so I have pop to drink and uh, at some point in time, um, my buddy, who is the goth, gets ahead of me. I think maybe I stopped to talk to somebody in the elevator or who knows what. But basically, I get up to the floor that the party is at, and my friend is being accosted by this religious person who is just, like, in their face and, like, telling them they're going to go to hell and that, you know, they're the, the spawn of the devil and all of this shit. And I'm like, 
I just basically walk up to them. And I'm like, what gives you the right to talk to him like that? What gives you the, you know, like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was just like, get the fuck out of his face and shut the fuck up. You know, and she's like, God will punish him for his wicked sins. And I'm like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how, but I, you've seen me do this where I can flip a bottle open that I've been drinking from just pushing on the lid and spin it and then it'll go flying off. I did that by saying and said, the power of Christ compels you at her, put my hand over top of the one of the Mountain Dew bottles in such a way and just started throwing my Mountain Dew at the person and coating them with Mountain Dew screaming the power of Christ compels you and chase them down the staircase to what I assume may have been the entryway <laughs> of their room soaking them until the bottle's out and then dropped the bottle and then walked right back up to the party and said I'm out of holy water no my god that's good <laughs> Jesus <laughs> my lord so yes I'm People an asshole are fucking nuts man I'm, I'm an asshole for taking it too far but at the same point in time like I'm condensing down the shit that this person was saying just because I don't have the fucking time for it but yeah it, it was not unprovoked for that to happen the way that it is so what I'm saying is throw the milkshake at the bigots folks yeah uh, your milkshake can bring all the bigots to the yard apparently and they're like stop throwing mountain dew on me you jerk and you're like no dick <laughs> oh that's taken us far enough for the show to be over with so let's just go ahead and fucking end it here i'm gonna play the ending legion promo and uh when we come back from that we will have impetigo with their version of wizard of gore or a song about wizard of gore who fucking knows and when we come back we'll close out this fucking show if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Go Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
from what I could understand of those lyrics that were being said right before I cut in here, yeah, I think this is pretty much about the movie Wizard of Gore, because he said something about driving a spike right into somebody's head, I think, at one point. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Man, look at it. The movie is a cult following. Oh, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool that way, I suppose. Yeah. All right, if you'd like to find the previous instances where I have made a reference to a song that I had no clue would be about the movie, and then it turns out it actually was, all the previous 412-ish times that that has happened is available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. I know I've normally been saying just Google us as cinema psyops, but for some reason I still like to say that URL. Weird. I mean, who doesn't? You can reach out to me and discuss that weird little quirk that I have on the Legion Discord chat. I'll try and answer you, but I'm not there as much as I'd like to be, but I'm a lot, I'm around a lot more than that. Yes, you are. Listen, I'm not, you, you, you don't get mad at me. No need to go ahead and hate on Matt when you can spend all of the time loving on all of the memes available at our Instagram internet meme repository known as cinema underscore psyops there on the Instagrams. Yeah. I mean, why hate on me when you can... Get all the good, fresh memes. <laughs> oh, no, they're dank. It's the dankest of memes in the oh, repository. Get the dankest of memes. All they've, the dankest of memes. <laughs> and they've been fomenting all to shit as well, because I keep resharing them on the Facebook with my uh, Facebook page of Cinema PsyOps onto my main page of Court PsyOps and then into the Facebook of Cinema Facebook group of Cinema PsyOps. All of those places, the old memes, whenever the memories pop up, get reshared. They all exist on the internet repository known as Cinema underscore PsyOps. And uh, then I get sharing them away from that meme repository to Facebook at those previously named places that all the memories get shared to as well. Good times. We're, all, we're doing great here. <laughs> While you're out there lying to yourself saying that we're all doing just fine, <laughs> kick the fuck out of this weekend, Rachel. It's your bitch. Recording in progress. Now I need another count. One, two, three. Yeah, I'm not hearing the clap, so hopefully the clap. Hold comes. on, let me try it again. Hear that at all? <laughs> as long as it comes through the uh, actual recording to the cloud, it's fine. It doesn't matter right. if it comes through on my side, and the countdown will do. So we're good to go there. <laughs> all right, I'm rolling on both sides. I've got my clips ready to go, and uh, we need to stop fucking about and get this over with. So let's roll into episode 413, The Wizard of Gore. Okay, here we go. Of course not. I don't want to stand in the way of your career. No, no. I am not jealous. Of course not. Look, look, look. Are you sure he said it's going to be a different show? All right. All right. I'll pick you up in 40 minutes. Goodbye. He is so fucking terrible. Yeah. And that leads to our final clip. 
This is also six minutes, so it's the rest of the movie pretty much. <laughs> All right. yourself saying that we're all doing just fine <laughs> kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch <laughs> i didn't have a better thing to bounce that off of no that was about it that was all we could do <laughs> all right now it's time to recording stopped